Hi, and welcome back to Speaking Ancient Geek. I'm your host, Eric Gregg. I'm here with my co-hosts, Anthony Oliva and Brian Eckley. And tonight we're going to do an episode on the Hunger Games franchise, including the new one. We'll do that one last. If you haven't seen it, there will be spoilers. Um, If you're fine with that, stay. Anthony hasn't seen it, and he's going to stay. If you're not fine with it, log off. Stay for the first three. Um, if you haven't, or I'm sorry, first four, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen the first four, that's not my problem. They came out like 12 years ago. Get it together. Um, that's not on me. That's on you. Uh, you probably if haven't seen them. You probably have no interest in this episode of the podcast. So I figure what we'll do is we'll just, we'll go through and we'll rank each movie. Uh, Anthony, you can obviously sit out for, uh, songbirds. Um, but we'll rate it out of 10 like we usually do we uh would you guys do you guys want to do rate out of 10 and then talk about that movie or rate all of them and then kind of just discuss the franchise Uh, i I would i would be more into rating all of them and discussing the whole franchise okay and i think what we'll do for that um just because anthony hasn't seen songbird yet is we'll rate the first four discuss that franchise yeah and then Brian, me and you can rate songbirds and we'll discuss that. And then we have, a, I have a, a character, a hunger games character bracket put together for us to do and, and decide on the best hunger games character. I did just the original hunger games. I left out songbirds because Anthony hasn't seen it. So he would not be able to give his input on those characters. Um, Damn so it. It, yeah, come on, Anthony. It'll just be uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire and Mocking Jay for that one. So, that being said, let's go ahead and just three, two, one our way through these four movies, and then we can discuss them. So, original Hunger Games, when you're ready. Everybody good to go? I, I think I am. Okay. Anthony? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, seven point five. Nine. I love the Hunger Games. I'm so shocked. I love it too, but uh, you'll understand why I have to go lower in a second. Okay, I, I'll I'll let you guys defend. Yeah. It. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Catching Fire. Let's go to Catching Fire. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Nine point five. This is my favorite one, by far, by a long shot. Really? Huh. Yes. And I'll talk about more about it in a second. Mockingjay Part One. Are y'all ready? I'm going to change my catching fire to nine. Okay. Um, are y'all ready for part one, Mockingjay? Yes. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, six. Okay. Y'all, I'm a little bit lower on it than y'all. This is my least favorite one. Uh, <laughs> and then part two. Three. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, eight. Eight. Eight point five. Okay. We're all in the same general area on that one. Um, yeah, Catching Fire is my favorite. I absolutely that I like. I absolutely love that. Okay, movie. we, we can go back to Catching Fire. Please tell me why you guys are ranking the first Hunger Games so low. It's not that I rank it low. I love the first Hunger Games. It is a great movie. It is phenomenal, and I can probably bump it up to like an eight. Like seven point five is probably low. Cool. Like okay, cool. she's hot. She's great, but she was, but she had a great person. No, tell me why you don't. Why it's so low? Like, like are you saying why I like Catching Fire better? Well, that's why I put it a little bit lower because I can't give it a nine if I'm giving Catching Fire a nine because I think Catching Fire is a better movie. I swear I heard someone say seven. 
Yeah, I, I said okay. seven. Maybe then that's Brian can talk about that. I mean, it's been it's been a while since I've watched the movie, but like the main reason is just that I've also read the books and I know what pieces uh, they left out. No, Brian. Okay, I've read the books too, and it's not as great. I like I, I want to say that too. Like, it's not as great as the like the movie. Well, uh, the movie is not as great as the book, but. It's still a solid movie. Like if I were it like, is a solid movie, and I think seven is a solid rating. I might go up to seven point five. I mean, like I was also trying to figure out really quickly how I ranked how I've ranked the movies in relation to each other. And I thought, um I thought like uh how did I do it? I wanted Catching Fire first, and then I wanted the two mocking jays together with two above one, and then that just by default just led just left the first one as as the least one. But it's not because it's a bad movie. It's it's a really good movie. It's just it's there there are other things that happen in the other movies, you know? There I don't know how to explain it. Like it, the other movies I just enjoy more than than the first movie, as much as I enjoy the first movie. <coughs> I don't enjoy Mocking Bay part one. Uh, I don't either. Like as much as the other three movies. That's why I'm saying like for me, when I put something at seven, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. But if we don't have to watch it, can we move on to the I mean, other movie? I mean, That's the thing the for me, though, is that it's it's the same book. Like, part one and part two are the same book. So it's really difficult for me to separate them in my mind. It's much like, I, I imagine you would agree with me on this, Eric. It's much like with Infinity War and Endgame. Right. I mean, I, 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 I see your point on that. Like, I understand that it's like, you obviously would be – I mean it would always be pointless to watch one without the other. But I think – but at the same time, like I feel the same way about Deathly Hallows part one and part two. Yeah. Like part one is not as good from a do – you, Do you think that that's just because they have to do more setup in part one? And I think, I think that's part of it is you're building. So obviously part two has more – of the actual meat of what is going to happen in it. Meat of the story is in that part two. Um, so I think that's part of it. And obviously definitely Hallows to use that comparison. And that's why Mockingjay did two parts is because it had been done before with Deathly Hallows. It, it's the same way. There's so much buildup and I like Deathly Hallows part one. I understand its purpose. I just think it is far inferior to part two of the, of the two movies. Um, but I, I, like I said, I, I would put it catching fire. I'd put part two and hunger games almost on the exact same level. And then part one, um, would be how I would rank them. Let's see there. The, what, what can we, what can we talk about here with, with the hunger games? I mean, it's, it's a. Susan Collins can write one hell of a book. Yes. <laughs> she, she did she's, well with the first three, and then Anthony, I know you haven't, but Songbirds was fantastic as well. The character development is is really fantastic. There's, it's part of, I mean, like, this, this is probably true across the board with whenever you say the, the, the movie wasn't as good as the book, but, like, because the character development that she does is so good, you can't really... You, like you lose the narrative the the inner 
monologue that the characters have when you watch the movie. You don't get that 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 peer into their thought processes, and it's, it, it it takes away a lot. Right. So, so let's discuss. I'll bring this up because I want to get Charles Baker. So let's think about it when I rewatched the movies the other day and then kind of went through everything because this is probably the most controversial moment in the entire trilogy or quadrilogy, you know, whatever version you're reading or watching. Prim's death at the hands of Coin. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I was traumatized. So I watched the movie first before I read the book. And I was like, oh, that's sad. But reading the book, I felt like such pain in my heart. <laughs> like I, I wanted to just like be so upset. And even though I knew what was happening, you know, but that's where it comes into reading the book is a lot more different than watching a movie. Yes. And I remember I remember when I read the book. Obviously, this was, I mean, what when did Mockingjay come out? I mean, almost 10 years ago, I think. Uh and and I remember reading the page and like and, and seeing the part about Prim and then not believing it. Like it was one of those moments where I was like, hold on, wait a second. Like let me like obviously I've been reading too fast. Like obviously I was I was skipping lines and I need to go back and see what they're talking about because that can't possibly be what happened. Um that being said, I I I obviously do not like that Prim died. I I I certainly wouldn't be okay with a child dying. I don't like that Prim died, but I like that she made the decision because it was such a perfect uh, showing of the idea of, you know, Katniss makes that sacrifice uh, how many ever years prior and then it oh. just because of the what happened it's just like the perfect showing of it doesn't matter. You can do every like you can do everything in your power sometimes to save someone, and it still might not matter. Final. Uh, I, don't know if I would say that it doesn't matter, but like I get what you, I get what you're saying. Well, like it didn't matter. I mean, Prim still died early, yeah. young. Um, obviously, Katniss was able to start the rebellion and 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 change the world, so that part mattered. But in terms of saving Prim, she bought her three years. And like, I, I agree with your I agree with your point about that's why or one of the reasons why it was so devastating was that it all started with Katniss wanting to save Prim. So when so when she still dies, it is like wow, we, we started this whole trilogy with one thing and, and now it's that's gone. So that that's a I, I agree with that part of it. I I just I just have like a different philosophical outlook of it like i'm not I, I don't even want to like look into like oh well she bought her three years i mean that's that's not an irrelevant point of it but i don't see why the like like there could you could also look at the like the the meaning of, of that those three years had packed into them right. I, I i don't I, I don't want to say that it didn't matter i don't i don't want to say it doesn't it didn't matter is maybe not the right wording. I, I think what I mean more by it is when you're trying to save a person and her specific goal at the beginning, and maybe I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this, the specific point of the Hunger Games trilogy at the very start was Katniss wants to make sure Prim doesn't die. Mm -hmm. And then we build up three books 
built around that idea that Katniss is this Mockingjay, this savior. She's starting the rebellion. She saved her sister. And then her sister still doesn't make it. And I don't want to say that I'm no. not going to say here say that it was a good metaphor for it doesn't matter, but it was one of those things where I think it was a good writing tactic because it's literally maybe the most shocking thing she could do. Because none of us thought after the entire sacrifice, the entire book trilogy was built around the fact that Katniss chose to save Prim, that she would still kill her in in that in that book series. And then also from a plot standpoint. I love the idea that it wasn't snow. It was coin. And it tilted that look from Katniss of like, wait a second. We're just replacing one dictator with another one. And that's not that's not going to work. And the conversation in Mockingjay between Snow and Katniss when he's talking about that. And he's like, I told you I'd never lie to you. It was brilliant by coin to bond. Like that whole scene is one of my favorite scenes in the entire trilogy, both book and movie. And I think Donald Sutherland is an absolute perfect snow at that age. I enjoyed the person who played him in, in Songbirds as well. Obviously could not be the same person that played him in Mockingjay as there's a 65-year age difference. Um, but I think Donald Sutherland was a perfect choice to play that part. I love that scene, and obviously we don't get that scene if Prim doesn't die. And so... I think it brought certain things that made me enjoy enjoy the plot. I liked it from a storytelling standpoint. I've seen a lot of people say that it was a cop-out and she shouldn't have done it and it was bad writing. I disagree with that. I agree. Um, a lot of people – I've seen a lot of opinions that say it makes the whole trilogy pointless, and I wildly disagree with that. I do not think it in any way makes the whole trilogy pointless. In fact, I think it gives it more of a point than making it pointless. Um, like I said, Catching Fire is my favorite, and I think it's because it is that tipping point. You go from the first one, which, I mean, if we're being completely honest, the first Hunger Games, if she had chosen not to do anything else, would have stood by itself. It ends. They They both live. They go back to District 12, and you sit and you think, oh, I wonder if they grew up happy, um, yada, yada, yada. But you don't actually – you're not needing that next book to figure out the rest of their story. It's over. Catching fire is when they get thrown back in. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like something's up the entire time. You're like, what, what the hell is going on? Why does stuff seem odd? Why are these people so – happy to help her just because she made a scene a year ago like and then you find out that plutarch has changed everything you find out that he's masterminding and working behind snow's back to get her out and start the rebellion with district 13 and then that escalates us into mockingjay and i just love that entire thing i also i love the first one's arena i think the clock in the second one is one of the coolest arenas they could have come up with that was I, really cool. I love the clock arena so much. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but I just absolutely love that arena. And throughout, I throughout all of this, what I think is interesting about the Katniss character is that, and you know, this doesn't get captured in the movies, which, which goes back to my whole point about you don't see the, the thought processes within a movie, but 
the the thing that's really interesting about Katniss is that she really doesn't I don't want to say she doesn't care about the revolution, but like that's never her guiding force. Um, right. That's right. Like, like that wasn't and the revolution and the thing, wasn't really her idea. Yeah, and the thing that it, it goes along with what you're just saying now, Eric, with how it's all it's all just kind of happening, and you just off you just feel like there's something off going on, um, and that's because Katniss is just not aware of it at all. Right, and that's who you're um, seeing the book through is obviously yeah. Katniss. So I, yeah, I get, I understand that, but like from a reader standpoint, I think it added so much to it of that add more of a mystery to it than the first one. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. But like my my point now is like I'm just thinking about this and. The thing that gets that gets lost um, in the original trilogy a lot of the times, I think, is that these are children. You know, like they're they, it's they 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 talk about it. They have it. They have the um, uh, I can't remember her name now. The little girl from District Eleven in the first Real. book, Rue. Yeah, so like they 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 have it there, but like Katniss and Peta, they shouldn't look as as mature as they do and it's like it's actually kind of ironic because it's it like that's something that happens a lot with with hollywood and it's it ends up actually playing into a lot of the themes that you find in in the original trilogy with how it's all a show right it's all gets built up built up in uh in this dystopian uh world but anyways my point of like she's still a child and like she should, that, she should, she should be. I don't really that one though. Elaborate. Be, uh, so, I like, I like that they look a lot more mature for children because they didn't. Once they got done with the first Hunger Games, they didn't get to go home and, oh, you know what? We're all happy now. Literally, Haymitch. Like, I love, I love the trailer to Catching Fire because Haymitch, you hear him say, "This isn't over. It never ends." Literally, they're living in constant fear. They're stressed out all the freaking time. And it ages you. It wears you down by the time. Like, they literally look like just puppets. They didn't look like themselves. They never smiled. They were never happy. Uh, I think that, I know the way that they look like, oh, they should look like children. I think that it look, played off perfectly that they had to grow up so fast that their characters didn't show any, like, any happiness or remorse. Like, literally just look like hell. And it, you can tell it aged them, and I, I really like, I really like that from Catching Fire. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my points, and then I'm gonna address that. The um, what I just wanted to say was that because she's a child, naturally she wouldn't care so much about the this larger political picture. And like she 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 should be able to just be a child. And you're you're right, Anthony, that they have to grow up fast. I wonder though, like, does that get at that age? Does that get reflected in their image? Because like, it gets it gets reflected in like when a forty five year old man goes into the White House and leaves eight years later, looking like he's seventy. <laughs> Obama. <laughs> oh, remember that fangirl club he used to have? You're so right about that. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. When she was okay, when she first did it, wasn't she like sixteen? Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. Okay, I I don't know. See, I, 
I don't see them being like the innocent, like young, young, how prim is supposed to look child. I think they did just fine. But I, I do understand the political point. I think that Katniss is probably just like over it. She hates her district and stuff like that. But I agree with you on the political part. But I think the look, the age and everything was just fine for someone being 16. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have a huge problem with that. Um, I don't uh, in terms of actress, like I don't know what age Jennifer Lawrence was when that movie came out. Um, so I don't know where she was comparatively to to sixteen. Um, I don't think it was sixteen, um, but it was young. Uh, you know, young because she's still not old now, and that was what eleven years ago that that came out. Oh, she's um, thirty three years old. She's 33. Yeah. Okay. So she would have been what 22 when that came out. So I don't think that's too. No, I think it's great. Yeah. I don't think that's too far removed in terms of actor and actresses to be from the actual age that you're, if you're playing a 16 year old. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a concern with that. Um, also like, I mean, if we're getting like down to the, like Woody Harrelson as Hamish was absolutely phenomenal. I still, I can, I can, I can buy into like, it's not a huge deal as far as how they look, but I still think that the movies get like, they don't focus enough on the fact that these are children. <laughs> these are, we're talking like 12 to what was yeah, it? 17 year old. I get that. Like they don't quite paint the picture of like just how absolutely horrid this is. Yeah. Um. I mean, they probably wanted to make the rest of the books. <laughs> That's why. All right, true. They wanted them to be successful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I uh, I saw this the other day. I Obviously, this is not the case and whatnot, but it made me laugh really hard. Somebody says, The Hunger Games is just an alternate timeline where Britain won the war when we did the American Revolution, and this was their punishment for it. Oh, my hell. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think so. But damn, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, damn, I don't think Britain was doing all that. <laughs> it's like, oh, kill your children. They're probably just like, no, we'll just do we still get tea? Like, I don't um, <laughs> like as long as we can still drink our tea. I don't see any big problem with <laughs> Um, But I was like, wow, like, I think I don't think you understood the message of the Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> on, a, on, more, on a more serious note, what I really like about the setting of the hunger games is that it's it's what it really is is a scenario where we don't do enough about the climate crisis and this is this is the country that results in north america because of the you can see that i don't want anybody i don't want an entire town dressed like pan am i don't think i'm personally ready for that like i don't need i don't need a personal effie in my life i really don't um, as much as I love that character, I don't need one of those like at my job. Uh, I I would like a Hamish. Actually, I might be the Hamish at my job. Um, that I'm fine with. Uh, you show up like in a vest, t-shirt, dress-up pants, but no shoes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't take it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh just kidding if anybody at work would listen to this. Take my job very serious. <laughs> and I've never shown up drunk to it. I'd like that to go on the record. <laughs> <laughs> um 
All right, Brian, let's talk some Songbird. All right. This is more fresh in my mind. So I'm yeah, that's, yeah, that's one thing that'll help us. Like, this is a little bit more new. Anthony, you can just be ready to listen for a couple minutes until we do the bracket. I fucking loved this book, and there, there's I have so many thoughts about the movie. Where should we even start with this? Should we let's let's do the rating. Let's rate it. Okay. And then let's let's just let's just talk about everything. We don't have to say this happened. Like we don't have to specify. Let's just talk about the story and what it did. Um, we're not going to rate. This is strictly like somewhat of a more of like a, a an actual visual podcast. So like we're not going to go too deep into like we're not going to rate the book. Um, but we can talk about how we like the book and similarities and what I like, like that. But this is this rating is for the movie. This rating is for what we watched. Um, I'm ready when you are. I've got it. Okay. Three, two, one, eight point nine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, this might be my second favorite behind Catching Fire. Um, but again, like I try to like wait until I can see it again because I, I I do understand that recency bias is a thing. Um, it's obviously more fresh. But so like I, my my point about character development was like really strong with with this book and this movie. Yes, because there's like the the Coriolanus character is so complex and like the. The movie captures that somewhat, but like it, it's there's so much missing out of it. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm just harping on the whole thing. Like, oh, the book was better, you know, thing again. Right. Um, is there, where do I even begin with this? I I think the I think the biggest thing that I want to say is that this this movie and this book really really harped on a, on, a, on a theme that I think is is so good, and it's that there there are systems in place that make things really difficult. Right. And this is obviously we're talking about a dystopian society, but I think that this, this applies to societies in, in today's world um, as it is just, just the idea that as, as Lucy Gray puts it, the people are good, but they, but the world does things to them. Right. And that's, that's what this whole thing is about because when you get to the end and Coriolanus says the whole world is a, um, is an arena. It's not the hungry, the whole world is a, is a hunger games. It's like, that's true, but it doesn't have to be right. Like the hunger right. games, the hunger games is set up by a society and it doesn't have to exist. And like the society that they're living in is an arena. It is a hunger games, but it doesn't have to be that way. And like the thing that, is really interesting about Coriolanus's character development is that when he first gets out of the uh, arena, when he has to go in and save Sejanus, um, and then he has that conversation with Dr. Gall, this is one of the things that like just wasn't done as well in the movie because uh, Dr. Gall is trying to tell him <laughs> you're doing like, you, you look at you, you killed a, you killed a somebody like this is, this is just human nature. And like in that conversation in the book, Cori, uh, Coriolanus like pushes back on her harder than he does in the movie. And he's just yes. like, I had to, I didn't have any choice in the matter. And, and I'm just sitting there like, yes, you're right. But then you go through the rest of the story and he's right where Dr. Gall wants him to be. Right. Um, I think for me, like one thing that really stuck out to me in this, um, and one reason, like I, I pre-ordered this book. 
back when it came out like two years ago. And I didn't read it then. I tried and I couldn't get into it because I have a really big problem. I'm not a huge fan of prequels or, or spinoffs in general. They're not usually my thing. Um, and I went into this one with a really hard time wrapping my head around the idea of a prequel for a character that was our main character in the book that I knew grew up to be an absolute ass. Um, I know what Snow turns into. And it was tough for me to write. I'm like, I don't want to read this. Like, I don't need to hear about how I should be rooting for him and his tribute. Like, I know what he becomes. I know that he turns into a dictator that is a murderer and a terrible human being. And so I didn't read it. I didn't read it. I, I couldn't do it. I put it down. The trailer came out for this movie. I thought it looked phenomenal. I said, okay, let me give it a shot. I'm glad I did. The book was absolutely amazing. Um, start to finish. One of the best like spin-off prequel things I've ever read. Um, you know, the, to, to add to your point, this is just another reason why I think Suzanne Collins is, is a phenomenal writer because when you start reading it, yeah, you do know that he, what he becomes eventually. Right. And yet still, while I was reading the book, I still found myself rooting for the guy and like wanting him right. to choose the right thing to do. She makes him so likable to the point that I almost at times have to sit back and say to myself, remember, remember what he turns into. Like, let's, you know, keep in mind what, what happens 60 years later. Like, yeah, it's like where I had to do that. I had to be like, wait, like, don't, don't completely like this guy. Remember what he does. Remember what he does. It's, it's really phenomenal because he goes through so many different things like, you know, choosing, choosing to like cheat for, for Lucy Gray, choosing to, uh, you know, uh, turn in Sejanus at the end, to, like, right. choosing to, um, to, to kill Bobbin. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of choices in there that are really hard moral choices. And like you can see, I think any reader could like see themselves struggling with what to do in those decisions as much as Coriolanus does. And it just, it really speaks to, I don't want to say that this is all like, like he still has agency and he still makes some bad choices. Right. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, wow, this is, this, this character is human. And, and you realize that there's not that much separation. I, I don't want to say not much separation. I'm not sure how to put this, but you get you get what I'm trying to say here, right? Like, yeah, we can yeah. see ourselves struggling with these moral choices just as much as he does. Um. Yeah. No. I absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Um. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I. I mean, she. She. I thought, like I've said about the previous trilogy, like I thought Snow was a phenomenal character originally. Like, and I loved his character despite the fact that he was obviously the villain or, or one of the villains. Um, I, I thought this really fleshed out that character even more to see um, where he came from and, and almost not completely what made him the way that he is when we get to him but what kind of leads him down that road. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's the, the you know, there's the twist, you know, I don't want to say it's a twist, but like 
I go into the book thinking that most likely what turns him this way is he falls in love with this tribute and then she dies in the arena. Because per Hunger Games lore that we've been given prior to this book, Haymitch was District 12's only winner prior to Katniss and Peta. Right. Obviously, Lucy Gray comes from District 12. You're thinking, okay, what probably tilts him is they kill her in the arena, and then he goes mad because of it. But then she ends up winning. So you're thinking, wait a second. They didn't say, hey, Mitch is only District 12's alive winner. They said District 12 was their only winner ever. And so then you start thinking, okay, what what makes it to where she's erased from the history books? And then you get that backstory as well as to why she's never brought up as a District 12 winner and what leads to that. And then obviously his relationship with her somewhat leads him in the direction of what he becomes later on in life. Um. But I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I was it, it was a lengthier movie, but I never felt that way. I never felt like it was too long. Let's talk. Let's talk more about the the movie now, because there were there weren't very there weren't any really significant changes from the book, but there I only were had some, one that I thought I, was I pretty have, significant. I have I have two. Well, you said no significant. I only had the one change that I thought was pretty significant. I, when I say significant, I mean like it's it's still the Alter same story. story. Okay, it's still the same story. So give me uh, your two, and I'll see if one of them was the one that I was talking about. One of them is when, so in the book, Clemencia. Yeah. Okay. They're not like Doctor Gall doesn't tell them the deal with the snakes. Uh, Corleanus puts his hand in the snake tank. They recognize his scent, so they don't bite him. They still don't know this. Clemencia then tries and she gets bitten. In the movie, Dr. Gall just straight up tells them, Look, if your scent isn't on those papers, they're You're gonna bite you. Right. And she still does it anyways. And it's just like that's not nearly as good. The only right. explanation there is that they're trying to pay like in the movie, paint Clemencia as a much more like ambitious and like competitive, right. kind of cutthroat kind of character than she was in the books. Um it, it just wasn't it's not as good of a, of a presentation. It doesn't do as much to like show just how fucking evil Dr. Gall is. <laughs> right. Um, but also, uh, Viola Davis, phenomenal choice for that part. Um, yeah, she did a really give, good job to give that I, nod to her. Yes, absolutely. I think she, I think she portrayed it in a different way than I imagined Dr. Gall, but like, she's like, it, I have no objections to the, how we, she played it. Right. Um, so what was your other one? Uh, the other one was just that I would have liked to see more of Ma in the movie. Oh, they right, they yeah. large they largely just cut her out in the movie, which I understand. You know, it was a five hundred seventeen page book; they had to cut some things. Right, and 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 I understand that. And so, like for me, the other thing you you talked about her sticking her hand on the tape with the snakes. The 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 thing that was left out to me is in the book, um, Clemency she comes back. And her entire attitude yeah. has changed. Yeah, that too. They, the they, cut that, they cut that out too. And that, yeah. that was really significant. Because that I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because that was the, the most things, significant thing to me left out. One of the things, one of the things that happens with that is after they reveal the snakes in the arena, she freaks out and Coriolanus is the only one to like jump in and like try and console her. 
Right. And that's one of those actions where you where you want to like root for the character, right? Right. You You're like, like oh, he's like a good character. guy, right? And they they left that completely out. Once she was gone, you really don't know what happened to her. She's gone for the entire thing. Um. And so, so that was that was one where I was a little bit like, okay, like that's a big thing to leave out. But it was the only thing that I thought was like hugely left out where I was like, man, that kind of took an entire plot point away from the book and just kind of threw it out the window. And I get it timing and whatnot, but like, I don't feel like adding her back in would have really taken any time at all. Um, with the amount that they sat there watching and everything. Um, one thing that stuck out to me in this was that, that we haven't talked about yet is, seeing just how like it is almost sounds crazy to say given the fact that the entire thing is built around murdering children or having children murder each other but just how much worse the hunger games were back then than when katniss and Peta go and just how like far they've come just in their treatment of the kids before they go in the arena and like you're reminding me of another thing i really want to talk about with this when the first Hunger Games book opens and the first movie for that matter. Right. Gail has this idea like, Hey, what if nobody watched the hunger Games? Right. They would have to stop having the hunger games. And at the time, like Katniss is just like, that's ridiculous. That's like, uh, that's, that's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. We as the audience recognize it as unrealistic. So like to have this history where they were really struggling to yes. keep the Hunger Games going because nobody wanted to watch children murder each other. Just like, right. God damn. <laughs> it's like they did have it, but then they turned it into more of a spectacle and people got interested again. Uh, and, you know, then they <coughs> he's the one that gives the idea to give the sponsors, let them send them water. Uh, granted, the drones were not a great idea. Um <laughs> much better with the much better when they increase to the parachutes. Um, I love that line. Made me laugh when like when he sends like the eight waters and it hits all the tributes and they're like you can't use the drones as weapons and he's like just send in our water. Yeah, like, yeah not, was, not my fault. Good. They're going in at eight hundred miles per hour. Yeah, and then uh, the I can't remember his name, but the the host is is like these drones are a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or no, he, he goes these drones are not good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love that character as well. I thought he was phenomenal. Like, I'm glad that he was, uh, and, and I can't remember who they chose to play him, but he did a great job with it. Um, but yeah, to see that kind of involvement of the Hunger Games go from, I mean, they get literally thrown into a zoo to live. They don't get food. You know, you look at Katniss yeah. and Peter, and they go on the train and they're being pampered. Yeah. And and these these students were not. They got thrown off a train that was not good. It was basically like a rail yard train that Frosty the Snowman takes to the North Pole. And <laughs> they kick them off of it, give them no food, and throw them literally behind bars at like what looks like it was an old zoo. And it's crazy to like look at that and be like, wow, like I'm not agreeing with throwing children into an arena to murder themselves, but God, do they come a long way in the next 60 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's still terrible but god at least they improved it um and obviously 60 years is a long time you know maybe they had better microwaves by then like i don't know they could feed them better um but it was just it was nice to see that that growth that they had from 
Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it was, I hate saying it like that. They, they showed it. they showed more of the hatred between the capital and the districts in in this movie and this yes. book because it's like not only not only do they throw them into the zoo, but like as it's shown in the as it said in the book, like they have a, a veterinarian taking care of them. It's right. Like they, they really oh they really see these people as just animals. Animals, right? <laughs> um, and then of course the. The idea that we find out, I believe it's, a, I think it's the end. I don't think it was earlier that, yeah, the, you know, obviously we're, we're told it towards the beginning that, that Dean Highbottom is, is who came up with this idea. But then to find out at the end that he wrote it with Snow's father, almost as a joke, it was never yeah. supposed to be, it was never thing. supposed to be put in place. And he wrote it yeah. as a joke. And then Snow's father stole it and turned it in. And then it obviously catapulted, and it, it show you know he talks and, about how it's driven him basically insane, having to watch this year after year on something that he never meant to actually happen, and he gets praised yeah. for it, and he hates that. He hates that Dean, he gets praised for Dean it. Dean Highbottom is a fantastic character, yes. and also very well casted. Oh yeah, uh, 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 Peter Dinklage, absolutely phenomenal choice for that part. Absolutely, like, and uh, it's it's also just really interesting because when you're reading the book and you get caught up in how relatable Coriolanus is and you get caught up in like rooting for him, you know, Dean Highbottom is presented as, as a antagonist to him. So you're like, you like in, while you're having those emotions, at least this is how it was for me, while you're having those emotions and being told that he is the architect of the hunger games, you're thinking, wow, this is a really bad guy. So then when you get to the end of the book and you realize, no, he's a really good guy and he feels like absolutely awful, as you said, Eric, right. about the Hunger Games existing. Um, it, it's it's yeah. a it's a it's a subversion of expectations and it's and it's phenomenal. Yes, agreed. And it, it really um it was really just like when I'm reading that, I'm I'm just like, wow, like it was impactful. An impactful way to end the story. Um Anything more you want to say on that one that hasn't already been said? I, I want to talk about, you know, there are, we've, we've talked about the ways that the, the movie wasn't as good as the books. I actually want to also talk about how the movie was better than the book because there were, there were some things in there too, which is really phenomenal, right? It doesn't happen all that often. It happened once in, in The Mockingjay. The Mockingjay movies were basically the exact same thing as the book, but with one change, and it was a change that was for the better. <coughs> It was when Katniss. It was when Katniss is making her list of demands to the leaders of District Thirteen. In the book, she asks for them to let Prim have her cat first, thinking, right. "Let me start small and build my way up." In the movie, she makes that the last thing that she asks for, and it adds a comedic effect, and it was better. Right. I think that I think we had a few moments like that in this movie. A lot of them happened in the arena. Like the fact that uh, Coral, when when Coral's about to die from being bitten by the snakes and she tells Lucy Gray, this isn't fair. I couldn't have killed all of them for for nothing. Right. Like that was that that hit me hard. Um, Wovi saying when the snakes, when a snake tank is first dropped in and they don't know what and she doesn't know what's going on yet. She clearly doesn't know anything that's going on, which goes into the line of like, is it over now? Can we go home now? Right. That, that haunted me. (laughs) 
Right. And I, and that that one, like you said, that first one where it's you know, um, this can't I couldn't have killed them all for nothing. It, it's so like you said, it's so impactful because it's showing like you're telling me that I had to murder kids my age or younger, and I'm still gonna die because of it. Like I did, I had to basically become a animal, and I'm still not. And I it just it paints a picture of like how many over the next. 75 years felt the same way right before they died. They were one of the last two standing and they still died. And so I get that. I get that for sure on, on just how impactful that was. Uh, I don't like snakes. So that scene was tough for me. Um, just the idea of snakes wrapping. I mean, just like thousands of snakes wrapping around people's body and killing them. That's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> not my, not my ideal. Not my ideal scene, but I was prepared because I had read the book, so I knew what was going to happen, so I was ready for it. But it still was not my favorite moment from the movie, just based, just visually not my favorite moment. Yeah. <laughs> Impact-wise, yeah. great. Visually, not my favorite. The other thing I'll say is that when they got to part three, the Peacemaker in the movie, right? no notes. No notes whatsoever. Just phenomenal job with what yeah. they did with that part. Including when... You get to the end and like Lucy Gray clearly like I feel like in the book, Lucy Gray was just kind of it, it like took her a little while to realize that he killed Sejanus basically. Right. And it's like she kind of like played a bit innocent a little bit more. I like that within the movie, like she catches him right away. Right, and he slips up and says, "Oh, like, three, three, killing, yeah, killing three, three is enough for me." She's like, "Who was the third? Like yeah, the, the, the fact that she was immediately on that, and then when he finds the the murder weapons, and and she's just like, she's the one that points out that I'm the only loose end you have, right? <laughs> and she's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I won't, I won't tell anybody." It's <laughs> like there's brilliantly done. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um. <coughs> let's before, do before you guys move on you're not even going to tell the viewers that the song that Katniss sings is the song that oh yes yeah. so so obviously we can talk about how we I mean that's a good point but yeah we can talk about how that the hanging tree which is a yeah. prominent song from the Hunger Games trilogy uh, that, that kind of talks about the revolution is actually you get kind of the origin of that story in songbirds um you get to see what what sparked that that song that story to be written and what made um, snow and it, a little bit more angrier huh yeah obviously when she's singing that song when when katniss has that song to lead the revolution it's obviously bringing those memories back for snow now obviously i do not believe katniss even realizes that yeah but no. snow is obviously hearing it and having those memories of where that song originated from and and obviously, yes, that 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 plays a part. And so it was awesome to kind just, of see that tie just, in. Just more brilliant writing by Suzanne Collins. Like yeah. not just not just that. Like that's probably the most significant thing. But the fact that they that Lucy Gray talks about the Katniss plant and yes, like yeah, Lucy Gray is a Katniss, girl yeah. from District Twelve. Like there had to be so many. There was so many things that had to be just gnawing at snow. Just like. This is too many fucking coincidences. Like I fucking yeah. hate like, this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like you've got to be kidding me. Um, 
like this like it all like you said it brings it out like the second she volunteered and then he finds out that some girl from district 12 named katniss volunteered he's probably like i'm not doing this kill her immediately <laughs> i want her dead before she steps foot anywhere um and so yeah i mean that definitely definitely plays a huge part of it and i kind of see like when i'm reading the book and, and lucy gray keeps singing and everything i'm like i'm like wait a second I, I'm like she's gonna have to she has to sing in the hanging tree like that has to come from her because it just seemed too fitting I was like if she's gonna sing and she's gonna have so many songs there's no way that I can get to the end of this book and her not be the one that writes the hanging tree like we've got to get that reference in this book if if we're gonna have that happen um, and then that obviously paid off and I was like yay she's singing it um, and then obviously, you know, I was reading the book and I was like, oh, they're hanging somebody. So guess what? I bet it's coming. Um, but let's do let's do this bracket. I'm going to I just pulled up the bracket. I, this is my first time. Um, looking at the bracket <laughs> and I just want to say, I mean, like fully looking at it. I, I, I pulled it up earlier. I was like, oh, this is a good one. 16, 16 characters. So it's not massive. Um, but I will say, like, there are some bitches of a first round on here. Like, you're not going to like that you have to choose between these two characters in the first round. Hmm. Um, it's going to suck. Like, I already see somewhere I was like, I'd vote both of them through in the first round, but they're playing each other. Um, and then there's some that are just, like, easier. Like, they're easier picks. But, like, some of them suck. So our first one, our, our first one is uh, Gale versus uh, Caesar Flickerman. And while I love me some Caesar Flickerman, and I love um, God, what's the guy's name? Who plays him? Uh, oh my God, he's uh, Stanley Tucci. Oh right. yeah, that would have killed me. I would have been so mad at myself. I love Stanley Tucci. Gale's the better character. Like Gale is the better character in the Hunger Games. Yeah, than, than Caesar Flickerman. I hate Gale in the movies. No. I do too, but I, I think like much. overall, Gale is a better character than Caesar. Unfortunately, because I love Caesar's character, I love like the energy around him, and I love Stanley Tucci. But like, he doesn't really bring much to the story. Gale has a pretty significant role, yeah, to play. Like, I can't, I can't vote him out. Then we've got um, Finnick versus his love interest Annie um it feels ironic to not pick Annie because it's Finnick but right <laughs> but like Finnick's the better character right like yeah not, Finnick is clearly the better character here uh it sucks that he's going up against Annie in that first round but like Finnick's, <laughs> Finnick's a phenomenal character I'm not not putting Finnick through like yeah this was the this next one is the first one I saw that I hate that these two characters are going up against each other in the first round they're two very opposite types of people. They're two very opposite characters, but I love both of them for many, many reasons. And it's Cinna versus President Snow. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh. And this one obviously sucks because they're both very impactful characters within the I, story. I love Cinna so much. I do too. Character, no. but I can't not vote Snow right here. I, yeah, I feel like Snow has to go through. The character's so... Mag magnified throughout the entire thing, but like I love Cinna so much for almost the exact opposite reasons that I love Snow. And it's tough not to put him through, but I think I have to go Snow. 
I was gonna go Cinna, but I'm outvoted. <laughs> and I and I understand and I respect that. I'm happy that you voted Cinna just so that he can get a vote. Like yeah, he got a vote. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't it wasn't unanimous. He got a vote. That's good. Yeah. We needed that. <laughs> um Joanna versus uh Mags. Uh Joanna. Yeah, I mean it's it's Joanna. I mean, the character obviously has a bigger impact. Mags is out. Pretty when, quick. Jo- when Max died, I was so sad. Oh, it was devastating. It was <laughs> devastating. And like Phoenix's reaction to it is devastating. Like the whole thing is is not good. I want to talk about that scene for a second. I'm glad that we can bring that up. Let's go back. Let's backtrack for a second. This is why the brackets are always a good idea because they bring some things up. Katniss has been in the arena before. She's been in the arena before. And this bitch wakes up in the middle of the night and sees a mysterious fog coming towards them, and she fucking touches it? Like, dumbest move. Like, what are you doing? I'm not like, even going to fight with you. I, I totally like, fucking agree. <laughs> put your hand down and run in the other direction. Like, what are you doing? You're, you've been in the arena before. Not, uh, literally, a year prior, they were shooting fireballs at you, and you don't think maybe the fog might have some properties you shouldn't touch? Not not Katniss's brightest moment within the series. <laughs> Made me so mad when I was watching, rewatching the day. I was like, what are you doing? Put your hand down and wake everybody up. You know what's funny? I never said it out loud just because I was like upset, like watching the movie. I'm into it. My daughter literally said the exact same thing as you, though. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's 11, and she was just like so confused. Like, you know, people are dying. <laughs> Yeah, like you, under, you understand this, this whole thing is to kill people, right? Like, you don't think maybe the fog isn't just fog? No, there's a little morning fog. We can eat, we can eat and watch. No, move. <laughs> like, um, Effie and President Coin. Effie, thank you. Okay, yeah, good choice. Uh, also, if we're talking about casting, Elizabeth Banks phenomenal choice how did these how did these movies do like, this phenomenal nailed with, with it like, nailed it <laughs> just could not have been better with the casting for effie elizabeth so, banks i want to choose effie but i love the way you guys talked about coin before we had done this where it's just another dictator that's trying to get their way up and use everyone so to me i'm going to give my sympathy vote to coin just because i understand that, that literally almost became a huge thing and you guys sold me on that before there yes but we get that phenomenal line where Hamish stabs the table and Effie goes that is mahogany oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if I can't put that through I don't know what I can put through <laughs> that that has to go through <laughs> literally I need a prequel book about Effie I want to know how I don't even like prequels and I'd still find myself reading that yeah, I, I don't even know how she like just I, I just I would just want to know how did she get to that position where she was this you know this liaison for District 12 district how did she get to that point and like what was the thought processes like what were all the decisions that led her to eventually give up all of the comforts of the capital which you know she enjoyed to right. like join the revolution. <laughs> like I want to know how all of this happened. I want to see this 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 develop. One thing that I love uh, that I noticed and loved about Effie's character 
between the first one and the second one is in the first one she's just she's got this bubbly attitude and like everything's positive despite the fact that she's well aware that she's sending these two kids off to most likely be murdered she's just sold into the hunger games yeah and then in catching fire when she's developed this relationship with them after they become victors and they go back in and you get that scene before like the night before they're going back in the arena and she's just not even the same Effie. She she's just almost like somber about the entire thing because she was, it's almost like she's realized that she, it's almost the exact opposite, opposite of what you just said, Anthony. She's no longer selling into the Hunger Games. It's like her attitude about the entire thing changes, and you get this when she's when she's doing the reaping in in the Hunger Games. She's got this attitude that is it's entertainment. And when she's doing the reaping and catching fire, it's like she's pulling her own teeth, trying to get through having to do that reaping again and pull their names out of there. Damn it, Brian. I never wanted an Effie movie. Now you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like we're talking like deep into this character, Effie, where I'm like, God damn, like, was it her first time on the job? Like, <laughs> Like, it, it's it's something where like I don't I don't I'm trying to come up with an analogy for it because I feel like there's I feel like there are instances where people have this maybe I think this because like I do philosophy and so it's my job to, it's my job to get people to question their preconceived notions but it's it's like that where she she was totally on board she was not make raising any sort of questions with it and but then something happened. And then she started questioning it and she realized, wow, this is really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like on, on the Elizabeth Banks train, just real quick, because it always like the fact that I have to do So like for me, like the way that I've grown up, I know Elizabeth Banks mostly from three things. I know her from the Hunger Games trilogy. I know her from Pitch Perfect. And I know that she was Sal in Modern Family. Those are like the three things that I picture Elizabeth Banks in when I think about Elizabeth Banks. She is the worst. I hate Sal so much. I cannot stand her, but I love Elizabeth Banks. Like, this is not a knock on Elizabeth Banks. She does exactly what she's supposed to do with that character, but I absolutely cannot stand her character in Modern Family. But I hate that now I have to sit in a world where when I sit and I think Elizabeth Banks, I have to think Hunger Games, Pitch Perfect, Modern Family, and the fact that she directed Cocaine Bear. Oh, and and the Charlie's Angels movie. I never saw the Charlie's Angels movie, so I, oh, she, I don't. I she don't directed know. it and got pissed off that no one wanted to watch it. Oh, you're right. That new one. Yeah, she did. That new <laughs> one that wasn't good. She got mad that no one wanted to watch it. But like, you you hired Kristen Stewart, dude. Like, yeah, like yeah, like it's not our fault. You hired one of the most like emotionless actresses out there. And I'd like to say that that was the Twilight writing, but I've seen her in other stuff, and it's well, not. And she was also in the new Power Rangers movie. Did not see that either. Love that movie. She was also in that movie. Um, I did not like it. What was it uh, Brightburn? Oh. Right? She was in that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The mom. Yeah, yeah she was the, the mom, right? The yeah. Evil Superman uh, story. Yeah, did not like it. Did not. It was <laughs> did not like it. Not a fan of that movie. Not because of her, but just I just did not think that movie was well done. Um. But yeah, I don't like that I have to throw in that she directed a movie called Cocaine Bear on top of the things that I, I have her listed for. What I'll think of her more that? as Effie. Like, a picture Effie directing a movie called Cocaine Bear. 
Actually, I can <laughs> yeah, see that, that sounds right. <laughs> no, that sounds right. <laughs> that actually sounds like the only movie she would direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I apologize in advance for what's about to come out of my mouth. I do. And it's it's worse than the Sin of President Snow one. I did not put this together. I did not make this. And I apologize that this is the matchup that we have right now. I feel like I already know what it is. <laughs> it's Katniss and Prim. I fucking knew it! <laughs> and I'm sorry because we know, we know as a collective group that Katniss has to go through. Time to die again, Prim. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like you could have gone like you you saw a scenario where Katniss and Prim are going up against each other, Anthony, and you went with time to die again, Prim, instead of maybe just like Katniss is volunteering to go through again. Dude, Katniss like, you might... could have gone the anti-death route, and you chose not to. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks that these two are up against each other because we know, like, come on, we know we have to put Katniss through here, and it just sucks that Prim has to. Damn, Katniss shouldn't even be in these rankings. Like, that's straight up. Okay, yeah, go. <laughs> it, is what it, it is what it is. So this one's a little bit easier. I mean, that one was easy. Like, we knew who had to go through, but it sucked. Um, This one is Katniss's mom versus Haymitch. Like, we don't need to sit and talk about that one. It's Haymitch. Like, we're yeah. not putting Katniss's mom through. Like, clearly, Haymitch is the better character. Um, And then Kato and Peta. Like, I'm putting Peta through. Um. I like the character of Kato. I think he's a great secondary villain in the first one. Um, but I'm not putting him anywhere over Peta. Kato, though, when he starts crying, like, I'm already dead anyways. Like, it's like, oh, dude, he was putting up a front the whole time because he was just scared. Like, yeah. that was so sad. <laughs> all right. So we're moving on to the second round. And with this first one, I'm really hoping that we all make the right choice. Okay. Gil versus Fennec. 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 Okay, thank God. Everybody made the right choice. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you all understand. <laughs> Nobody said anything stupid. <laughs> no knock on Kale. On Gale. It's just Fennec. <laughs> is clearly the superior character. Superior everything, really. I mean, if we're getting, if we're going to boil down to it. Superior. He's so handsome. Every, yeah, every category. Uh, ev- everywhere. Looks, everything. Finnick wins. It's just... <laughs> um, President Snow versus Joanna. I feel like I go President Snow here. I like Joanna, mm-hmm. but I feel like President Snow is a more impactful character. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Effie versus Katniss. Um, Katniss. Yeah, it's Katniss. Um, yeah. But, you know. And then Hamish versus, versus Peta. I'm putting uh, Hamish through here. I'm putting, yeah, I'm going Hamish as yeah, well. I'm putting Hamish through here. Um, it, I mean, I'm... I'm yeah, I, I'm not mad at... I feel, I feel, I just feel like there should have been more conversation with this one, but I'm not mad at the Hamish pick. I don't, I mean, I don't dislike, I don't dislike Peta, but like Hamish is my favorite character in this, in this series. So like, it's hard for me not to just pick Hamish. And I just, I love the Hamish character and like, really like, again, talking about character development from where he comes when they first see him in the train and he's a drunk that doesn't care 
Well, he cares. He cares, and that's why he's a drunk. Right, right. He's a he's a drunk that doesn't seem like he's going to help. Yeah, (laughs) and he comes from that to really being almost just the most important person in their life outside of each other by the end of the series. And and I just think I just think that growth is too too much to ignore. Uh, so we got our final four. We got Finnick versus President Snow. I'm still going Finnick. Yeah, so do I want to go Finnick as well. Can we just put Finnick through? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna get outvoted here. <laughs> and then Katniss versus Hamich. Katniss. Uh, once again, I feel like this one we have to we have to have some conversation. <laughs> well, we can have some conversation because I want to put Hamish through. I know you do. I, I <laughs> I've, I've developed the pattern. I've I see it. <laughs> um, no, uh, we're not. We're not doing. We can talk about this, but we're not really going to even like suggest for the second that Kat, uh, Hamish goes over Katniss. I could you. make the argument that Hamish has better character development than Katniss. What? We literally see a. Well, we go from Brian's point of view, a child go into a per- literally a young woman who has nothing but the world taken from her and trying each step at one time and making the final sacrifices, thinking that she might die at the end of uh, Walking J2. Yeah, but Amit stops drinking as much. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> look, look, if we're if we're looking at all that we know about Hamish. And some of this isn't presented in the movies, but like the the story about how he how he won in the last quarter quell, where there were twice as many districts or right. twice as many tributes, and how he uh, he wins he wins the thing by, he wins the he wins the thing by like turning the arena against like to his advantage, and like that's somehow interpreted as like embarrassing the capital. And then, like, he has to go through this whole thing of, like, being forced to be a mentor for little kids who have no fucking chance of winning and how much it, it just hurts him. And he has to – and he go, that's why he's a drunk. <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot to this character that I, I, I don't want to, like, just completely just say, oh, well, Katniss is the main character, so we got to put her through. Like, I, I, I want it to be a little bit more of a conversation than that. <laughs> Okay, I, mean, I agree with you on that point. To me, it's just that Katniss was a spark. Katniss literally ended the second tyranny before it even started. I, I just and Hamish had okay. did nothing but help Katniss grow into that character. Where I can see from your guys' point of view, because he's literally had to change everything where he was a drunk to being the man that they needed as a mentor. You know, like okay. to survive. I just I, I can't go forward without choosing Katniss, who literally let's, ended it twice. You know? Let's take a step back for a second because we're we're definitely leaning towards based off the arguments that we're getting here is obviously Katniss is going to win this thing, and it's tough to have that kind of character in there. It'd be like, oh, look, you know, what Harry Potter character is going to win? Well, probably Harry Potter's name's in the fucking title. <laughs> um, that's so why I said she probably shouldn't be in here. Let's take a step back and do that. Let's put Prim through, and let's remove Katniss from the tournament. So not much changes except now it's Prim versus Effie. Who are you putting through with that? By, by Prim. So so we're going Effie. Yeah, Effie. Okay. So now you've got Effie versus Hamish. By Effie. Right. Ugh. You go Hamish, right? 
Yeah. And I, and I love Effie, <laughs> but I think you go Haymitch. They, like, especially with the argument that Brian just made, which he's probably pissed he made now because I think he wants to put Effie through. He's probably like, well, shit. I, <laughs> I also love Elizabeth Banks, so that's probably part of the problem here. But, and, and like, that's where part of the actors' actors I'm thinking in. about it, and like, I'm talking myself into it. Yeah, it, it's going to be Hamish. Right, so you put Hamish <laughs> through, and now we've got my – this is where I'm happy because we've got my two favorite characters in this entire series, Finnick versus Hamish. In the finals here when you remove Katniss from the equation. Oh shit! Oh shit! Now you got Finnick versus Hamish. I'm going Hamish on this one. I think I want to go Finnick. What's the criteria here? Like, what are we voting on? Best character? Who would win in a fight? Like, what are we? What's? Because the best character is Hamish. His development is. I, I I assumed we're doing uh, best character here. Then it's I mean, got to go. Then the especially, go I especially thought that because I felt like with what the Hunger Games trilogy is, if we were doing this in a fight to the death thing, it would just be like we're we're feeding into the dystopianness of the of the whole story. Let's not do that. For the next question. Well, um, I the only one that thinks Hamish would still kill Finn. Like, not yeah. if it was like straight up one on one. Hey, we have to do this right here on this little circle. I think Fennec will probably wins. Okay. But Hamish, like you use the Hunger Games, I don't think he loses that. Hold that thought. In terms of character, Hamish has better character development from story yeah. one to end of the to end of the series than Finnick does. Finnick obviously is also a shorter character. He comes in in the second one and he dies in Mockingjay. Again, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen this movie, it came out ten years ago. Um, so obviously his character's around for a short amount of time, but Hamish has the better development within the series than Finnick does. But like Finnick also reveals a lot of. Like just like some more of the depth of just how awful uh, the capital is, because like even after they win this awful fucking Hunger Games, they won't leave them alone. <laughs> right. No, I I understand that, and I, I mean obviously we 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 agreed to put Finnick all the way here. Obviously, I'm not knocking the Finnick character. He made it to the finals, and he was only in two books and only what was it two movies? Did he die in part one or part two? I can't remember. He died in part two by the part two. Okay, so he's so he's in three of the four movies. He's not even in all of them. Haymitch obviously gets the luxury of being in every single one of them. But I think just that development goes to Haymitch. Now, Ryan, you're not gonna like this based off what you just said, and we're obviously not gonna do a whole thing over it. But if you put all sixteen of these characters in an arena, who walks out? This is for Brian, right? I, I, I no, this it's... is for all of us. This is for all of us. I'm not going to do a bracket. I'm not putting them up against each other in a fight. I'm just saying if you have these 16 characters we just talked about and you put them as they're seen in the movie. So like Snow is Donald Sutherland, not from Songbirds. Like, who are you putting? Who walks out of that arena as the victor? Hamish, to me. You think Hamish wins this whole thing? I was yeah. I was originally going to say Hamish because I know what he does in the quarter quell and like I know how smart he can be, but then I remembered that he's also a drunk. <laughs> well, I Hold would on. assume he'd Hold sober on. up going in. Yeah, I don't think he's drinking before going in. Yeah, I don't think Hamish goes in drunk. I think he goes in the Hamish we get more later in the series that's sober and is a good leader and doing that kind of stuff. I think that's the Hamish we get, not drunk Hamish. I think Hamish goes in the arena sober. 
I still wonder how much that addiction could could mess him up. I I don't I don't disagree with that. So who would you pick? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember all the characters that we had in there. So we got Gail, Caesar, Finnick, Annie, Cinna, Snow, Joanna, Mags, Peta, Cato, Haymitch, Katniss's mom, Prim, Katniss. Oh Maybe. god, I forgot about Cato. Okay, hold on. Uh, Coin and Effie. No, I'm going hey, Mitch, still. I honestly, this is the reason that I originally asked this question is because I really think it once again, we did this whole bracket and I still think it comes down to Finnick versus Hamish. I think that, yeah, I think Finnick like wipes the floor with Kato. Yeah, like, I, also, I still think this comes down to Finnick versus Hamish on who would win this thing. But see, that's that's but where Katniss obviously with. Katniss. If we're including Katniss in this portion of it, Katniss obviously gets a much closer nod to being within that final grouping. Yeah, but then again, with the exception of a couple of these people, most of them have been there before. They're all victors. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them. Prem obviously yeah, never. I would, I would say for similar reasons, Peta is in like right the, the top, like in the, on the short list. Mags isn't just because of age. Yeah, obviously she'd won it before, but we're obviously not putting her through. Because oh, what if this was happening, but Finnick had to take care of Max? Oh my gosh! Oh, fandom. Yeah, I mean, and obviously there would be that part. He obviously would not want to leave her. No, and imagine- he's obviously not going to let her get hurt. So then all of a sudden you've got Finnick taking care of Mags, and obviously realizes that it's either going to it's going to end with. I feel, like it, I feel like it wouldn't be too long before Mags just did what she did in Catching Fire and just right. like, no, I'm like, you're, you but need to let me go. Did she do what she did in Catching Fire because she needed Finnick to let her go? Or did she do what she did in Catching Fire because she wanted Katniss because she was in part of that Mockingjay group that knew that they had to get Katniss out of there alive? I think it can be both. Yes, because like, like, I'm, I'm also thinking about the fact that she she volunteered as tribute so that a younger Victor, who was clearly still still had a lot of life left in her, like I think she has this mentality of like I I know that I'm at the end of my life here. It's not going to be a huge sacrifice for me to let myself die so that Finnick can go on in this, in this scenario, this type of, I don't, I, I, I can agree with that. Like, she'd just be like, obviously me winning doesn't do much here, but Finnick could actually win this thing and, and, and go forward. Um, also, I don't think he wins it, but I think the cutting and the intelligence of president snow keeps him alive longer than most people think he would given his age. Like, I think he would be able to stay alive a little bit just based off of that. Um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be among the first to go. Right, correct. Um, I love his character to death, but Caesar Flickerman probably is the first to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I do not Pam- see him. Pampered not. little bitch. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> he is dead immediately. <laughs> like <laughs> does not make it. And as, as entertaining as he is, I feel no remorse about that. <laughs> no, not at all. And he's very entertaining, but I, I do not. There's I don't look at, look at Brian going from we don't want to put people in an arena and kill him. Uh, I don't care that he's dead. <laughs> Good. 
Fuck. I mean, like, like <laughs> on a principled basis, I'm still on that, like, we don't want to do this thing. But because I know how committed he was to the Hunger Games, right? If we okay. have to do it, I, I don't feel that mu- I don't feel that bad for him. <laughs> All right. Brian has limits to who he'd be okay murdering. <laughs> so that's good, but also not great. <laughs> it's like, I won't murder everybody, but I'll murder some people. That's, and some people, it's okay. Like, mm, I don't know. Cool. Note. That's not what I'm saying, saying, and you know that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I know, but I don't want the listeners to know that's not what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to know that if this was ever a real scenario, Brian would be okay with some of you dying. Just kidding. Please subscribe. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's it for Hunger Games episode. We will be back in two weeks with a Christmas movie-themed episode um, please don't miss i think all three of us are extremely excited for this um yeah. <laughs> i've already got like a lot of content that i'm going to bring to this to this episode that i am excited to bring to this uh, i just there's so much to discuss here that i'm just it's one it's one of the episodes i've been most excited about that we're doing on this podcast so please tune in it's going to be great we're going to have a lot of fun with it uh in two weeks have you guys seen that 